have your Bibles and your notebooks and your favorite digital devices, once you get those ready, uh, we're going to start uh, in a brand new series today. And let's pray. Let's believe God together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege we have of, of studying your word, being in your presence. Our hearts are open. We're hungry. We have expectation. We don't approach the, 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 the ministry of your word with familiarity, but total respect and honor and reverence because we know your word carries the power. Your word, Father God, is what makes the difference in our lives. So each one of us in the house today, those of us watching online, Lord, we thank you that, that we are have an expectancy. We're partners together. We release our faith. We believe you, Father God, um, that you will speak loud and clear to our hearts, and we expect great things. We love you. We appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. Today we start a four-part series uh, entitled The Thrill of Hope. The Thrill of Hope, we'll cover this in today and the next two Sundays. Um, and 22nd is our Christmas service, I want to remind you of that. And then our Christmas Eve service, we have two services that night, and uh, we'll continue the fourth part on Christmas Eve. Amen. Um, I have some good news, and I have some bad news. Okay? Well, good news for some, and it'll be bad news for others. There's only 17 days left of Christmas. I said, that's good news for some, and others think, wow, I got a lot to do before Christmas happens, right? You know, it's the busyness of the season, it's the traffic, it's making your list of all the things you need to buy, it's, right, it's, um, it's you know, parking space, trying to find a parking space, long lines, buying your gifts, rude people, uh, right, <laughs> family drama, uh, and the list of all the foods you have to buy to prepare for everything. So it's a, it's a crazy season. There's no doubt about it. But in the midst of all the hustle and bustle, if you were to ask me to describe one word that I would use to describe the people that I seem to be coming in contact with, it would be the word hopeless. Yeah. It really would. I, I, I tell you, a level of hopelessness and a level of anxiety and worry about not only this season, but as the year begins to end and the new begins soon, there is a lot of challenge all around us, no doubt. There really is. It's a carryover, maybe all year long, or just, just the, the constant battle of living in a very busy, busy world, right? This in the last two weeks, three people have come up to me, um, two dealing with very serious illness, and one dealing with a very serious family issue. So hopelessness uh, is all around us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and today I want to talk to you about what is hope. I think it's important that we lay a foundation. I believe it's important that we understand what it is that we're believing for, uh, what, what it is that, that God wants to do in our lives as he prepares us uh, for not only the holiday season, but, but a brand new year that's not that far away. So here's our big takeaway for today. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with. When life becomes hopeless, to what or who do you turn to? To what or who do you turn to? Let's unpack this today. Let's make sure we're turning to the right who. We're turning to the right what, right? Uh, that we are in the right frame of mind to really understand God's purpose and plan for our lives. In Job chapter 8, um, there is a, uh, one of Job's friends. His name is Bildad. And Bildad is having this big speech 
about what's wrong with the world. And in his speech, he uses a phrase that I believe perfectly characterizes the season that we find ourselves in, the hopelessness that seems to prevail. In Job chapter 8, verse 13, it says, those who forget God have no hope. Wow. What a true statement today. Those who forget God have no hope. Now, it's a truth that we can't ignore. It's just so true that the further away we are from God, the less hope we have. And the opposite is true. The closer we are to God, the more hope we have, right? And I can confirm that in, the, in, in my experience today, that, that in my life and in the life of so many people that I meet on a regular basis, it is true. Some of the most hopeful people on the face of the earth are people that are close to God. And some of the most hopeless people on the face of the earth are people that are far from God. So it's a very true statement, and so many people put their hope in so many things. And when you do not put your hope in God, there's always some default thing in people, in power, in control, right? If you don't put your hope in God, you're going to put your hope in something, in yourself, or whatever, in government, or whatever it might be. And so we, we recognize that to be so true. And what our world needs today, what our every neighborhood you belong to needs today, is a fresh dose of hope. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, never ever undermine somebody's hope. Never come down on somebody's hope. Never do anything that would undermine somebody who is believing or trusting God or, or wanting a, a better tomorrow. Absolutely. That, that's one of the things that we're always very careful about to make sure that we encourage hope. And what is this hope that we need to be encouraging? So let's take a few minutes and define hope. What is real hope? So in the process, let's first say what hope is not. Hope is not optimism alone. Now, no doubt optimism is a definite component of hope, but optimism alone is not going to save the world. Optimism alone is not going to give a person what they need. Optimism is a positive mental attitude. Nothing wrong with that. Optimism is a more favorable side. We look at life as the more favorable than, than on the other side. That's not so great. Optimism is believing that the future gets better. Sometimes optimistic people, though, can, can have a, a, a lack of real reality about their life. Know that, that they're optimistic, but in their heart, they, they just don't believe it. So, so while I would prefer being around optimistic people than pessimists, would you agree with that? Yes. Amen. So I'm a glass half full kind of person, always have been. Uh, I believe in that. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but it's certainly better than being a pessimist. And those who understand the power of optimism, still get it that optimism is not going to change the world. Right. Amen. The optimist says this, it's not as bad as it looks, but hope says it's bad. In fact, it's real bad, but I still believe God. That's, that's the truth of hope. That's it in a nutshell. That we're just not just, you know, willy-dilly saying, oh, that's not so bad. What a big deal that is. But true hope recognizes when it's bad. Yeah. We recognize that, man, life is really difficult right now. 
Life is really overwhelming right now. Life might be dark for you right now. Life might be like, where's this dream? Where is this God? Where is the, what God desires to do? Where, where are the people and the circumstances that, that need to change? And we get that. And, and there's nothing wrong with understanding how true that is. Um, hope has a realistic part to it. But, but man, we end it with knowing, while that might be true, I still believe God. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I still believe God. That's where Abraham was. What a great example about Abraham who was promised that he would be the father of many nations. And then it uh, took so long. Now his wife is beyond child rearing, child bearing uh, years. And, and he's a hundred years old. But here's what the Bible says about in the midst of all that against all odds. How many of you ever felt like all the odds have been against you? How many of you have ever felt that people and circumstances and the people you thought you could rely upon, the people you thought were in your corner and, and, and the circumstances you thought, man, for sure they're going to turn and you really feel like, man, all odds are against me. Well, that's how Abraham felt against all odds. When he looked, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed that the promise and expected, believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you that feel like all the odds are against you and your job, your employment, then the economy and, uh, and the hope of finding the right house or, or having children or whatever the case may be from the doctor's report and all the odds seem to be against you. Let's understand what real hope is because our life is dependent upon it that we really understand this God kind of hope. There's actually three kinds of hope that I'll talk about today. Number one, there was wishful hope. Wishful hope. When a lot of people think and talk about hope, this is really really what they're, they're doing is, is wishing. Uh, for example, you're late for work and, and the, the, the light is red and, and you say, I'm hoping that that light turns green by the time I get there. <laughs> Well, your hope is not going to change the timer that, that <laughs> controls that light, right? Your hope, you can hope all you want, but the, when the timer says it's time to turn it, it's going to turn. So that's wishful thinking, and that's, that doesn't really help. Or the person that says, I, I bought a lottery ticket, and I hope I win. Well, good luck with that, right? Um, because we know the odds are against you, and we know that, that it might be fun to, to dream and to, to do things like that, but at the same time, we know that that is wishful thinking. You can't build your life on that kind of hope, right? So the second kind of hope um, is expectant hope. And this is better, obviously. It's much stronger. It's actually biblical. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of expectant hope. I believe God blesses expectant people. In fact, I say on a regular basis, I expect a miracle. I expect a new one every morning, every day. Every day I have this expectancy that God is going to move on my behalf. So expectancy is important. It really is. And uh, hope says, I planted some tomato seeds. I'm hoping for a harvest. See, you did something. And because you did something, you have an expectation that because you did something, that that is going to result in a harvest. That's expectant hope. Right? Somebody says, well, I'm hoping for uh, tomatoes in my backyard. And somebody asks, well, did you plant any seeds? Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's, that's, not, right? that's not expecting hope, 
right? That's again, wishful thinking, right? Somebody says, well, I'm hoping to get out of debt. And you ask them, well, have you, have you participated in God's financial plan with your life? Oh, no. Uh, again, that's not expected hope. That's wishful thinking. It's just not going to happen in our lives. But even though you did something, even though you planted tomato seeds, something could go wrong. You forget to water the plants. Your neighbor forgets to water the plants when you're on vacation. The weather changes, right? Um, Or insects come and attack your tomato plants. The point is, you can still have a desire for expectation, but just because you expect it doesn't mean it's always going to turn out just that way. Isn't that true? So even though you did something and have an expectation based on what you did, sometimes our expectations fall short. Now, I have the perfect example for you today. The perfect example of one of our own IFC partners who put her faith in God. And because she put her faith in God, her life turned around and her life has never been the same since. Watch this, please. Last year, I went through a really difficult time in my life. I was in a four-year relationship. He has um, children that I I played a big role in their life. The last year of the relationship was very um, abusive, and I just, at one point or another, I felt like um, if I stayed, I was going to lose my life, so I decided that things were progressing, it was just better for us to end it. What I had known and the person that I loved and all of that, um, I couldn't be with them anymore. It was hard thinking about how my life was going to look like, not being in a relationship with him and not being part of his life, his family's life, because I knew that that's all I knew. I was very depressed. I was very anxious. I um, only really functioned to work. I used to get up in the morning, do what I needed to do, walk my dog, go to work, come back home, and just crash in bed. I didn't want to kill myself, but I definitely um, had lost hope, and um, I was just in a very dark place. I always believed in God, but I never really had a relationship with God. I didn't know what God could do for my life. When I was in this dark place, I was just like, God, like if you're, I know you're real, I know you're there, just, I need something. I remember I had come to IFC. I had stopped coming for a while, and I knew how good I felt when I was here. Uh, I liked the environment, so I started coming back. At the end of the year, the pastor gave the mandate to connect, to have the courage to connect. I was very ashamed of where I was at in my life. I was not okay with the fact that I needed to push myself out of my comfort zone and connect with people. I decided to go to YNG. The only person that I knew there was Pastor Josh. That's about it. And I had known Erica Jones. Um, I knew who she was, and we briefly talked, but I didn't know her, like, personally. She was that one person that I like connected with. She said, you should do next steps. And she said, you should join a team. I was like very confused as to why she thought I was good enough to even join a team. That Sunday, I decided to go to next steps just to try it out and see what it was. 
I am now part of two teams. I'm very proud of saying that. <laughs> um, I am part of YNG and I am part of the production team. It really challenged me to grow, you know, what I was learning. It took me out of my comfort zone. I thought that was it for me. I thought, well, I connected. I am part of two teams. I'm meeting the people in the team. God had other plans, as always. I found out about the mission trip to Honduras. So I had all these thoughts that were like, you know, you're not good enough for this. But God just kept sending all these signs and continued to put it in my heart. I met with Pastor Verna. I said, you know, I'm thinking about possibly going. And you know, when you meet with your mom and she kind of tells you like what you need to do, it was basically like, okay, well, you're going. And you go talk to Pastor Josh about it and sign up. So that's exactly what I did. Being in Honduras, kind of not having the people there know me, not even having the people that I went there with knowing me, allowed me to just be open. I was able to talk about my testimony and feel comfortable about it. I didn't feel any shame. I didn't feel like this fear that I had, because for me, connecting with people and having to share my story was a really hard thing. One of the biggest thing was um, I had shared that I had gone through sexual abuse. And for me, that was really hard to share. And I met one girl that was just so open with me. I was able to pray for her. And for me, that was one of the most impactful things that happened there because I was able to pray for someone that reminded me of who I was at a point in time in my life. I went to Honduras not knowing, like I said, anyone, and I came back with a family. I had these plans that I thought were the best for my life. God has other plans for us that even when we don't understand it, he knows what's best for us. There was a time that I talked to Pastor Jonathan and he said to me, I'm very proud of you. You had all the reasons to give up and you didn't. It gave me so much courage to continue because there were so many things that were telling me not to do it, just with those words. It, it really impacted who I am today. Um, I remember pastors saying, God brings forgiveness, but people bring healing. Now I'm running a, a life group to see how, you know, everything connected back full circle, just to see women there at a place where I broke down and someone prayed for me and seeing them get healing there. Just God is a, is a beautiful God, how he works things out for people. A year ago, I didn't have that. And to now look back a year later and see how I have all these people that have accepted me, regardless of what I've gone through, is something that just means a lot to me and God knew that I needed. And I've found a place to grow, um, a place that has challenged me and that brought me out of the dark place that, that I was in. Wonderful story this morning. Amen. You're awesome. Will you stand? We want to show you off. Isn't she amazing? <laughs> we love you. So proud of you. In one year, God can do life-changing things in your life. One year when you put your hope in God. 
One year, a year is going to go pie so fast. And we need to take advantage of every moment of that year. And here we have this amazing story, a daughter of this house who God has so wonderfully transformed her life. Now she's helping others be transformed. Wow. Blessed to be a blessing. Wishful hope. Expecting hope. But here's the hope I want you to go home with. Here's the hope that I want you to understand today is God's purpose and plan, not just through this Christmas season, but all year round. Number three, certain hope. Certain hope. This is hope that's not based on feelings or mood. This is hope that's not based on optimism alone or expectation alone, but knowing for certain Here's the Bible example. Hebrews says uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, 19, the certain hope, say certain hope. hope. The certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. What a great verse of scripture. That's refrigerator worthy right there, right? That, That is on your bathroom mirror worthy to understand that certain hope is so important. And certain hope, there's no doubt in certain hope. There's no reservation. There's no hesitation. There's no what if. See, I don't ever think, what if I'm not saved? I know that I know that I'm saved. I know that I know that I've had an encounter with God. There's no what if about whether he'll heal my body when it's sick or whether he'll provide the need when, when there's lack or, or that the dream won't come true or he'll bless my family and, and, and protect us and watch over us. There's no what ifs. When you have certain hope, right, you know what I'm talking about. Those of you that are sitting here today, and you know you have certain hope. There's no doubt in your hearts right? But if you don't have certain hope, you're going to say, well, what if? I don't know if God loves me. I don't know if he cares about me. I'm not sure if he hears me. I'm not sure if he's there for me. Does he even know I'm alive? Does he even care? Nobody else does. I wonder if he does. And so we have all these doubts, but certain hope does a death blow to doubt. Amen. And we realize without hesitation that God's word is true. Amen. Thank God for that. See, certain hope means it's sure, it's guaranteed. You can count on it, take it to the bank. And that's the kind of hope that you can build your life on. And if you haven't built your life on certain hope, man, it's time now to understand what do I have to do to obtain certain hope? What is it that I need to do to have this in my foundation, to to have this in my everyday life, to have this during the darkest, difficult seasons of my life? And so certain hope has three characteristics. And Hebrews 6 says this, that the certain hope of being saved is strong, trustworthy, and an anchor for my soul. Strong. I love the word strong. It's stable, firm, solid, sturdy, right? And I love the fact that it's, it's trustworthy. It's dependable. You can count on it. It'll be there when you need it. It's not like a friend when you need him or her the most, and man, we can't find him. And, and, and hope runs in when others run out, right? Hope is there, and hope is trustworthy. Hope is something that day in and day out, you can believe God. And then it's an anchor for our soul. I love that picture, anchor. Anchors are so important, and Let's talk about just for a moment in closing, why anchors are so important in our lives and what's the purpose of these anchors and why can, can we uh, understand certain hope as an anchor in our lives? Well, understand, helping understand the purpose of an anchor or be reminded about the purpose of an anchor really does help us. So number one, the first purpose is it keeps the ship from drifting. 
It keeps the ship from drifting and every anchor has a chain attached to it. And that anchor is obviously used what, to stop the boat from drifting. And with, 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 without an anchor, a boat can drift off into uh, shallow water and, and destroy the hull or get in trouble, capsize the boat, or it could drift over into deeper windy waters and, right, and, and crash against the rocks and lose your um, uh, the, the valuable cargo or even lose your life. Um, so we understand that an anchor is very important and an anchor really does help. And have you noticed in your life how easy it is to drift? You can easily drift away from God. We've all done it. Not being diligent and faithful and suddenly life gets so busy and we even drift away from God. We drift away from people that love us. We drift away from our dream. We drift away from God's plan. We drift away from his promise. We drift away from things that, that matter to us the most and, and something that's been in our heart a long time and it's, it's taken longer than we ever thought to come to pass, right? You ever, how long it's taken to even to, 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 to get pregnant or to um, be in a situation where God came through or buy that house or pay off that bill or, or finally have a relationship restored or even be in a healthy relationship. And so we drift and we are not anchored and we're constantly drifting without an anchor. And if you're tired of drifting, you need an anchor. If you're tired of being up and down and all around and and up one day and down the next and this roller coaster up and down this merry-go-round existence, it's because you are not anchored and you need to have an anchor in your soul. See, it's the same way about life. You know, I, I, I enjoy fishing. I don't get to fish enough, but there are times where I've been fishing and with others and we find this spot where, man, the, the fish are biting and, and you shut the engine off, the motor off, and you kind of drift while you're, you're catching all these fish. And before you know it, you find yourself in some unexpected place. Well, life is no different. Busy paying the bills, busy surviving, busy trying to make ends meet busy trying to somehow figure out this relationship and where did all the love go? And we're, we're so overwhelmed by life that we, we end up drifting farther away in places we didn't expect, situations that we never dreamed we would be a part of, decisions that we never dreamed we would make, choices we never dreamed we would be a part of. See, here's the point. The point is, the bigger the ship, the bigger the anchor. Why is that important? Because you can live a small life if you want to. And all you need is a little anchor. But if you want to live a big life, a life of significance, a life where you represent, your life represents the abundant life that Jesus died for, this generous person that you desire to be that wants to make a difference in other people's lives, blessed to be a blessing. If you want that kind of life, let me tell you something, the bigger the dream, the bigger the anchor needs to be, right? The bigger the impact you want to make, the bigger your influence. Amen. You know, there, there's a time in our life where this little anchor is, you know, dragging us along, but man, we make up our minds like we saw today and we realize, my goodness, this is so important that I, I want to make something of my life. Well, you need a bigger anchor. You need certain hope in your life as a man, as a woman, amen, as a young person. You need to understand without this anchor, you are not going to experience the, the best that God has for you, amen. And so the, the simple question is, what's the size of your anchor? What's the size of your anchor? You know, you need to understand that because you will go through storms. You will go through difficulty. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Even the Bible tells us you will go through storms. It's not a matter of maybe you will, maybe you won't. You will. We all have. 
And when you're in the middle of that storm, that's when you discover the size of your anchor. Everything is wonderful. You don't need an anchor. Everything is good. You don't need an anchor. But when the storms come up and the storm rises up, you need an anchor. And when you don't have one, man, the price that we pay for being without the proper anchor is very painful. The question you might be thinking today is, well, how in the world do I find an anchor like that? I need that kind of anchor. That's what's missing in my life. I don't have certain hope. And the truth is that we must address the root cause of our hopelessness, and we must address how important that is. And, and how do we go from wishful hope to expectant hope to certain hope, hope that's strong and firm and stable and dependable that you can count on? Well, certain hope, listen, is not based on my wish list, but rather on God's willingness to do what he said he would do. You got to get to the point where you finally settle it. If God said it, it's going to happen. It's not that you believe it or not doesn't change the fact. But if he said it, it belongs to you. If he's promised it, it's yours. If you find it in the Bible, it's yours. It's got your name on it. You got to believe that and understand God is willing. God is willing, amen, to, to do what he promised that he would do. He's willing and he's able. And he desires to meet that every need in your life today. See, Oh, I, you may say, oh, I wish that God would do something for my family, or I wish God would answer my prayer. And see, real hope is not based on real life drama. It's based on what God has spoken. Amen. Amen. You can't base your hope on, on your ability because it's not about your ability. You base it on God's ability. If I base my hope on my ability, my gosh, there would be, there, I'd be destroyed a long time ago. It's not based on me or my expertise or my ability to perform. It's totally based on God and his word and his strength and his power and his enablements, right? In Jesus' name, Hebrews 10.23 puts it like it is. Let us hold tightly without wavering to hope we affirm. And don't you let that hope go. Don't you let that word leave you. Don't you let that promise leave you. Don't you let that, that understanding of what you're standing on leave you. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. Do you understand there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible? Surely there's one with your name on it. Surely there's one that you can apl uh, apply to your own life. Surely there's more than one, obviously, and being facetious, that you can absolutely re 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 rely on in your life. Amen. And I, I know it firsthand. Man, I tell you what, my wife and I have stood on certain hope during the darkest times, overwhelming times. Certain hope got us through a marriage that was falling apart, got us through the fact that Special said she'd never have a baby, got us through a real life and death situation where we almost lost her. Amen. Certain hope works. Certain hope is something you can take to the bank. And certain hope did what? We believe that God would put a little, a dream inside these two little Italians to do something that would impact the world. And God's done it and he continues to do it. Why? Not because we're better than you are, because we did the same thing you did. We made sure anchors were in our life. Stability was in our life that we stood the test of time and we did not budge, stood firmly on God's promises and God's word and look what the Lord has done. I love the fact it was in our video, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what I'm doing. That's not me saying it. Who's saying this? Do you understand God knows what he's doing? 
You understand that he knows how to bring you from point A to point B. He knows how to take you in the worst, most difficult time of your life. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to help you. He knows how to rescue you. Have it all planned out, he says. Plans to take care of you and not abandon you. That's so good. Plans to give you the future you hope for. What are you hoping for today? What do you believe in God for today? What's your big dream that maybe you've told a few people or maybe you've told nobody? What is that thing that's so deep in your heart that you can't run from, you can't get away from, that business, that person, that relationship, that opportunity uh, to build a family? What's on the inside of you? Certain hope is contagious and certain hope is our birthright as followers of Christ. It's our fundamental belief. Listen very carefully. Amen. It's the fundamental belief based on God and his word that tomorrow will be better than today. I believe that. How many believe that today? Tomorrow will be better than today. That's the birthright of every child of God. That's what you can take to the bank and believe. And God is setting you up to recognize and help you understand how true that is. The title of the series, The Thrill of Hope, really actually comes from the very popular Christmas carol, O Holy Night. And the phrase I'm talking about is perfectly formed for this message and really does help us. And it's simply the thrill of hope the world, the weary world rejoices. You know, when you're weary, you know, in the midst of weariness, if you have hope, you can still rejoice. Right? The thrill of hope is that when you're weary, you can still rejoice. And for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. That's Jesus who came and broke through our sin and broke through the hopelessness and broke through all the difficulties and a brand new beginning and a brand new morning and a brand new start belongs to us. And we're so grateful today, so grateful that, that Jesus, while we celebrate him in this season as a baby, aren't you glad he didn't stay a baby? We all have a baby, but man, that baby grew up into a man and that man needed to be reckoned with. That man requires a decision. That man requires something of us. A baby, we can take it or leave it, and how cute, and we all can relate to the baby, but when the man grows up and, 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 and declares the way, the truth, and the life, declares the plan of God, amen, I'm so grateful that, that Jesus grew up and he lived and he suffered and he shed his blood and he died, and aren't you glad he didn't stay dead? He's alive and well today. And our last scripture for today puts it all in perspective for us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Say living hope. This is a living hope. This hope is alive. This hope is not dead. This hope is real. This hope, man, it, it'll give you goosebumps. It'll give you feelings. It'll give you truth. It'll make you put a spring in your heart, a step and a song in your heart. It's a living hope. It's not a dead hope. Why? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Thank God for his birth. Thank God for his death. Thank God for resurrection. And thank God this same Jesus can live inside of your heart today and give you certain hope. You're no longer wishful. You're just not just expectant as good as that is you know that you know and there's no doubt in your heart today that Jesus lives inside your heart and he's a healer and a restorer and he knows exactly how to take all the broken pieces of your life and put it all back together again come on give him praise today
Hallelujah. Woo. Come on, stand to your feet with me, please. Why don't you raise those hands towards heaven? Just tell them you love them today. Say, thank you for being so good to me, Father. Thank you for being so patient and long-suffering. Thank you that I really can have certain hope as an anchor, strong and trustworthy. I want that kind of hope. If you don't, take inventory of your life today. You can have that kind of hope. If you don't have that kind of hope, my gosh, it's so important that you recognize that that belongs to you. That's your birthright. That's what, who you are. That's what God wants to do in your life. So Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your faithfulness. Holy God, mighty God, such a good God. And we bless you today for certain hope. Father, thank you for making us strong and stable, focused, not moved and tossed to and fro by every crazy things that come down in our life. Thank you for your love for us today, Father. We bless you and we honor you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. With every head bowed, please, I want to make sure you have an anchor in your soul today. I don't want you to be anchorless. Maybe you've never saw life like that, realizing you lack an anchor or you lack a, the right kind of anchor. Today, you can settle it once and for all and know the kind of God that you serve and how much he loves you today. You're hearing you say, Pastor, I don't know this Jesus. I don't have this anchor. I don't have this kind of strength. I don't have this kind of trustworthiness. I don't have certain hope in my life, but I so long for it. I want it today in my life. I need Jesus. Pray for me, please. I want my sins forgiven. I want heaven as my home. I want to know that I know that no matter what comes my way, I can stand the test of time because of certain hope. That's you today. You say, Pastor, pray for me, please. I need Jesus today. Will you raise your hand nice and high? I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see those four hands. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, ma'am. God bless you. Over here. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All the way back in the corner. I see it. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, I see it, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Awesome. Isn't that wonderful that hearts are opening up to God today? How All, all services today, people are giving their lives to Christ. Anybody else before we pray today? Thank you, Jesus. How wonderful. God's dealing with your heart today. God's opening up your heart today. God's helping you and encouraging you to realize it doesn't have to stay this way. Life can change for you. Your future can be better than your today. Anybody else before we pray? Let's all join us as we pray today. Those who raise your hands and those that you already know God in your heart, but let's continue to support others and you that are joining us online. Pray this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you. Thank you for coming into my life today. Forgive me for my sin. I'm tired of doing this my way. I don't want to be the boss of me any longer. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I submit under your Lordship. You are now the boss of me. And I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. 
Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.